This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. Parshas Shmini, thank you. Parshas Shmini 5782, Perak Yud Aleph Posik Zayin Ve'es HaChazir, and the pig. Kimapris Parshu Vishosa Shasa Parsa. It does have split hooves, completely coven. Vulgera Loyi Gor. But it does not chew its cud, tummy hulachem, therefore it is considered tummy for you. Okay, so the Orachai Makutter says the most amazing thing here. We're going to start with the top. The Orachai Makutter says, the Pusik says the word, hugeira lo yigor in future tense. You see that? Hugeira lo yigor. It will not chew its cud. That's because, says the Orachai Makadosh, it's conditional. As long as the pig does not chew its cud, it is not able to be eaten. But Vasid Lavo says the Orachim Akadosh in the future, it will chew its cud and it will be mutter to eat. As long as it doesn't chew its cud, it's tummy ulachem. But when it does, you're going to be fine. He says, but if it doesn't chew its cud, it will always be usser because the Torah cannot change. So the Torah will not allow anything to change. But that you can go ahead and do. It's not just the Orachim Akadosh who says that. And he wasn't even the first person to say that. The Ramami Pano, one of the Tomita de Arizal, or one of the Chachamim who were alive at the time of the Arizal and Tzvas, says the exact same thing in Asara Mamaros. It is quoted by the Yalkuruveni number 115. The Chafetz Chaim speaks about it. He says, this should answer the Chakira on whether the Simone Tahara, chewing the cud and having split hooves, are those a simon or a Siba. This is a famous Chakira that's used throughout Shas. Is something a simon? This is a sign that this should be so. Or it's a Siba. It is a reason for it to be so. It's kosher because it has split hooves and has has what has chews its cud, or it's a simon that such an animal is kosher, but whether it has or not doesn't matter. This must be, since these simanim will change in the future, and they're going to be allowed to be eaten, eaten it must be that they are a simon litumasum, that if it doesn't chew its cud and split its hooves, then it's tame. But if these simanim change, then the animal is going to be eaten. If they were simanim, if they were actual, the idea behind it, right, uh, uh, whatever, uh, I, I'm sorry, I said that wrong. It should be a Siba. Because if a Simon, because I wrote it wrong over here. Do you see I wrote Simon? I meant to write Siba. <laughs> my gosh. If there was Simonim, it wouldn't matter if they changed because the animal would still be forbidden altogether. So it must be that it is a Siba, not a Simon. That's what the Chavitz Chaim puts it. Before you even ask, okay, I probably took care of it. So I'm not even going to let you ask any questions yet. Now, the Chsam Sofer says in Torah's Moshe, at the end of Parshish Re'eh, it's not here, it's in the end of Parshish Re'eh, he brings up an orzarua. The orzarua was an early reason. The orzarua poskins that any teku, any teku in the Gemara, is automatically a dover shiyeshlo matirin. Why? Because Elio Navi may come at any point and matter it. Since it could be matured in the future, it's a dover sheishlo matirin. Now, here's the deal. If I have something that's balsam, we all know if you have milk and flakes, right? And you mix it up together in one big thing, right? So you have milk and flakes in one big bowl, and you have more milk than flakes. Let's say 60 times the amount. Then we say that the flakes is bottle right? Sometimes that goes by rove. Usually it's shishim, sometimes a hundred times, sometimes 200 times, whatever it is, right? Usually you're able to be in a mavatzel and that's that. Now here's the difference. If the item that is inside is not just fleshiks and milchiks, which are both mutter on its own, but together they're problematic. If the item that falls inside is a bug, for example, 
Well, a bug is something that's usher in and of itself. It's a barrier. It's something that ushers in and of itself. And barrier is a question whether it could be bottle. Let's say it's part of a bug, right? And it's inside. Then we say it could also, it could be bottle. But if that bug is a dover sheish lomatirin, eventually it might become mutter. It's a dover sheish lomatirin. It's a dover that could become mutter in the future. Then it can never be bottle. Something usher can be bottle, but dover sheish lomatirin can never be bottle, says the Orzerua. Any teku in the Torah, something that we say, well, we can't answer, so we got to be machmir. If that item, which is a teku in the Gemara, falls into a chalent pot, it can never be bottle. Why? Because the Dabr Shilash Matir, and you can maturate a Leonav, he has the ability to matur up later on. Isn't that crazy? That's, that's the Orzerua. Now, the Rashba argues, says me Shach. If he maturs it, then it was never usr, right? If a Leonav says, in the end, it's mutter, then it was never usr to begin with. Which means it's not a davar sheish lomatirin. A davar sheish lomatirin is it's usher, but then it became mutter. But if Eliyahu Navi matters it, then it never was usher. That's that. So the Rashba says there's no such thing. You don't have to worry about it. It's bottle. You don't have to worry about anything whatsoever. That's how he says it. The Bach quotes the Mordechai that the food will spoil by the time Eliyahu Navi comes. The food that we're talking about, the food in question, is not going to be available at that time. It's not going to happen at that time. So it's therefore, it can never be a Dabr Shehishlomatir, and it'll never have that situation where it could become matured later on. But a Chazer, and here's the idea, but a pig will become mutter la'asit lavo, as we just said. The Orachimakar says that a pig is going to start chewing its cud and have split hooves, which means it's going to be mutter in the future. If so, that would make it a Dover Sheesh Lomatirin, according to the Rashba. The Rashba says that if a piece of pig would fall into your chalent bowl, and it would fall in, even if it's bottled by Shishim, even if it's bottled by 200 times, tiny, tiny little bit of pig, according to this idea of the Orzerua, Elifi, the Rashba, etc., we have a Dover Shiesh Lomatirin that could never be bottled because pig will be mutter lost level. Isn't that unbelievable? Now, even though it's clear that this message is really referring to Edom, we're going to talk about this. Chazer does not actually refer to pig. Chazer refers to Edom, that they're going to come back to us, and that's going to be mutter. But there's no question a medrash cannot be taken out of its Pashat explanation. Says the Chassam Sofer in Pashat Shat from this medrash, and I know that's funny to say, Pashat Shat of a medrash, but the Pashat Shat of the medrash is that a Chazer is going to be mutter, and it's going to be okay. Okay, so that's the idea behind it. So it's got to be over here. The Toldus Yitzchak says that the reason, this also the Chassam Sofer, the reason the Torah forbade animals that don't, that don't have split hooves is because they fight using those hooves. Think of a horse or think of a zebra. If you will go up against a horse and a zebra, what do they do? They use their back hooves and they kick back, right? That's how they fight. While split hoofed animals never use their feet to fight, they just run or they use horns, but they don't use their feet to fight. That's what he says, and that's that. He says because of that, because they use their feet to fight, the horses and the, and the zebras, it must be they have some type of poison in them. We don't understand what this concept of eris that's mentioned in Kulin, but they have something that's inside them that's a problematic, and therefore it would hurt us if we ate them. And that's why we don't eat horse, we don't eat anything. We have to have split hooves in order to go through. Now, why chewing their cud, says the Toldus Yitzchak? Because there's very thick, coarse animals, if they don't chew their cud, their stuff lands in their stomach and stays there and it won't be healthy for us. In the future, says the Chassam Sofer, what this means is that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is going to make sure that the Chazir, the pig, is going to be a healthier animal. We'll be able to eat them and we won't become sick. And then there will be mutter for us to eat. When the pig decides it's time for me to chew my cud, 
I'm going to start chewing my cud now, says pig number one. Then all of a sudden, it's going to be mutzbrasit because it won't happen. And the Torah won't change, says the Chassam Sofer. That type of chazer will always remain forbidden, the chazer that doesn't chew its cud. What's going to change is its status regarding davr she'eshlomatirin. And that's where he answers up the whole question of the Orachai Makadosh, of, of, of the, the, the Orzaru over here. He says the following. He says, it's not an issue of Dabr Sheshel Matirin. Because any pig that already died and a piece of that pig fell into my chalent pot, that pig will never be matered. Why not? Because it wasn't shechted properly. And Eliyonav, you can't say that a pig that already died can become kosher. So that's never going to happen. The only way you'd have it is if you shecked a pig properly and then took a piece of that pig and put it inside the chalam pot, that's going to be there. And anything that's alive would never be a shayla in the first place. Says the chasam sofer, so you never have to worry about it in the first place regarding davr she'eshlomatirin. But either way, you see clearly that the chasam sofer is on the same level as the asar mamaros and the orachayim akadosh, that he takes it as paship shot that a pig will be motor. Now a couple questions. Eliezer, yeah. Um, didn't we, don't we have regal as one of the arba avos nizikin? Yeah. Is that talking about a pig or is that any animal. Any animal. Okay, so regal is just stepping on something. Regal is something that's habitual. Okay. In other words, as opposed to Shane, which is something that gets Hanal from, regal is something that's habitual, and Karen is something that's either Kavanosa or Hazak or something Mishunna. Right? That's the definition of all of them. But the fact that he uses its leg to do it is just because that's normal, but not damages through the legs. If an animal kicks, that's a total of Karen. Right? That's actually a total of Karen. Yeah, Mazak. Why would uh, the fact that that, sh- that particular pig would check the property Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. Even if that happens, you're 100% right, because that pig didn't chew its cud. It's only when the ch- pig chews its cud where we'll say it's a davr shesh matirin. You're 100% right. So even if we'd have a shechted pig, you're 100% right. Eliyonav, you could not matter it because that pig never chewed its cud in its lifetime. Yeah, so Dave. animals mentioned always have one of the simanim but not the other one? Yeah, only the four. <laughs> only the four, These right? four. So there's something specific about yeah. the four Versus everything we're else. We're talking about like eating a tiger. We're talking about eating a pig. Yeah, hundred percent. It's only going to be these four, and yeah. that's that. Okay. And the pig yeah. Doesn't use right. A pig uses its. It gores people, right? It gores with its mouth. Yeah, sort of. I mean, some of them and wild boars. I'm saying they don't have the the multiple stomachs to do. Aha! Hold on. However, the Pardes Yosef has a little bit of an issue with all this. He says, something that's born from a dove or tummy is always going to be tummy. You can't have a kosher animal that's born from a dove or tummy. Even if you had a cow that was born from a pig, if you had a cow that came from a pig, it's always going to be tummy. He says, but it's possible the next generation will be Torah. If you have a cow born from a pig, and that cow that's born from a pig has another cow, the cow born from a cow born from a pig. So cow bas cow bas pig should be okay. That's going to be okay. So maybe that's going to be over there. But there are no pigs alive today that will ever become Torah. And therefore he says, not a double shesh, etc. There is a etc. There is a chavetzelos Sharon that used Rabbeinu Chaim Alevi on page 853 to 860. There's a prima gudem that he says is a problem, says the parties Yosef. But either way, that takes care of all this. Now, there is no medrash beferish. There is no medrash out there that says that pigs will become mutter in the future based on the name Chazir. The Orachim HaKadosh said that he has, he points out the Pasuk, Yigor, and he bases it on this. But there is no Medrash that Beferish says, Chazir is called Chazir because it will be Chazor for us to eat La'asid Lavo. That Medrash does not exist. The closest to it is the Medrash Tehillim, Kuf Membav, which says Hashem Matir Asurim. You recognize that from Halukas. Hashem Matir Asurim means Hashem in the future will allow all those foods which are now forbidden to become mutter. 
That's what it says. That they're all going to become mutter. They were once mutter for the Bnei Noach. The Bnei Noach were able to eat everything, right? And then they were asked for the people to be able to see if they would keep God's word. But there are those that say they're going to become mutter. Others say they will never become mutter. The Torah will never change. They'll remain forbidden to eat. That's the measures that's the closest. But it does not specifically mention pig. It's all Yisurim, technically. Anything that's asked to eat, it does not say specifically pig. Yefei Tar in Medrash Rabbah, Vayikur Rabbah Yud Gimel Gimel, says there is no such Medrash. Yefei Tor is quite an expert on Midrashim. And it seems, he says, it was made up by someone to convince others that it existed because printed Sfarim were hard to come by. So it was very easy for a person to get up and say, yeah, there's a Medrash that pigs will become mutter in the future. And it must have been made up, he said, because nobody ever saw such a Medrash. The Bnei Yisuscher in Adr, Zion Bays suggests that it's a Kabbalah somewhere. I never saw the Medrash, so it must be a Kabbalah that we know that this exists. But there's a line in the Rabbeinu Bechaya that's as close as you can get. He brings a Girsa Yeshana from a Medrash Tanchuma that says, Sha'asid HaKadosh Baruch Hu Lahachziro Lanu. In the future, Hashem will return it to us. And he's talking about the Chazir. It's the Rabbeinu Bechaya in a Medrash Tanchuma that we do not have today. We have two extant versions of the Rabbeinu Bechaya, the Buber version and the regular version. Neither one of those had that line inside there. But he says it's possible that's what everybody's referring to. The Rabbeinu Bechaya quoting a Medrash Tanchuma in a Girsi Yeshana about this. And maybe that's the Medrash that everybody else had and we just don't have. Now, the Torah Tamima says about this, about the Chazir becoming Mutter in the future, it's a massive Pella. First of all, he says, where's the Makor for this? The Torah Tamima, Rabbi Rechapstein, said, I've never seen the Medrash. As we just said, this is a very strange Medrash. There's no straight-out Medrash. Okay. And we've never seen anywhere that the nature of a certain animal is going to change when Mashiach comes. We don't have a Gemara on that. There's no Medrash on that. We don't see anywhere that animals are going to change when Mashiach comes. We know the concept of a lion changing to become more domesticated. Perhaps even that it will become eating you know, vegetables instead of meat. I don't know what it will do about its teeth, but I guess a panda bear didn't change its teeth either. So either way, so maybe a lion will start eating vegetables and it will do stuff like that. But to change its entire nature and to start chewing its cud, we've never seen something like that. So he says, the Torah Tamima says, he thinks it's a mistake. He thinks it's a mistake. Now it's hard to say that the Orachayim HaKadosh and the Ramami Pano made a mistake. And the Chassam Sofer. The Chassam Sofer as well. And that the Chafetz Chaim quoted it to say whether it's Simon or Siba. It's very difficult to say such a thing. Now Rav Sternbach quotes a Kliyakar, it's the Tosefes Bracha as well, who says the Simon Tara of the pig is exactly what makes it usher. He says, it shows itself as being kosher. It spreads its legs and says, look, see, I have split hooves. I have split hooves. But it's really not. If so, in the future, when it no longer acts like a hypocrite, then it could be fine. And that's the idea. It's not kosher because it's a hypocrite. But it could be that in the future it'll be that way. However, says the Rosh Sternbuch, since the Torah forbade pig, and it said that pigs are oster, then it will never change. In theory, maybe it'll be mutter, but it will never happen because the Torah is made that it won't change. Now, I don't know why Rav Sternbach ignores the Orachai Makadosh. The Orachai Makadosh says straight out, I'm saying, lo yigar. as long as it does this, it's Tameh. If it doesn't, it's not. It's not changing the Torah. I don't know why he ignored that completely. Well, let's talk about pigs for a second and try to answer your question, Dave, regarding pigs. There are currently nine real species of pigs in the family Suidae. 
Okay, S-U-I-D-A-E, nine altogether. Scientists count them as 18 different species. They can try to count them as endangered and stuff like that. But really, there's just nine different types, and that's that. There are the bearded pigs. There are two different types of those. Warty pigs, five of those altogether. Wild boars, of which the domestic pig comes from. That's where the big pink pig comes from. They come from wild boars. There are some that classify the domestic pig as a different type of pig. It's just a wild boar without its hair on top of it. Okay, number four, pygmy hogs forest hogs, red river hogs, bush pigs, warthogs, you all know those, right? Warthogs are famous because of Pumbaa, and babirusas. Babirusas are the coolest of them. And if you look on the side, I have a couple pictures of them. The babirusa is the second one down on the left. If you look at the second one down on the left, it has really weird tusks. The babirusa, right, it grows its tusks in, so it actually sometimes pierces the skin and causes it to bleed. There are some babirusas who die because the tusks pierce their own brain. There is a right little pig over there. Now, <laughs> wild boars are still found throughout Eretz Yisrael. They still exist. There was always one in the bottom of the Yaakov that we always knew about. That's why you weren't able to go. It could have been a myth that they didn't want us to go into the forest anyway, but there was. Yeah, wild boars are pretty crazy in, in Eretz Yisrael. We know that they're there. They've lived there for at least 3,000 years. We know that from different things, bones and stuff like that. All of them have split hooves. None of them chew their cud. All of the pigs are like that. There are other animals that are very similar to pigs in different ways, right? They're close, such as peccaries that live in South America. Collared peccaries, the, they're spectacled. Uh, the other type of peccary, I forgot what the other one was, but there's a couple peccaries that live in South America. They're basically, they look like pigs. They're a little bit, you know, hairier. They have them in Lincoln Park Zoo, but they never come out of their little thing because, I, they're, I don't know, they're pigs. So either way, they look like little pigs. They are not. They also have split hooves. They also don't chew their cud, but they live in South America, and I guess you'd consider them, the Torah would probably consider them in a pig category, right? If we say chazir, it probably would be still considered in the same pig category, even though, you know, they say it's a little bit different. Yeah. Growing tusks? They just started. I can't ask another question. Yeah, I can't answer that. And the third, the other animal is the hippopotami, both the really large hippopotamus and the pygmy hippos. They're as close as you can get. They don't have split hooves either. They have like those little toes that go out there. And pi- hippopotami are also, they do not chew their cud either. They don't even have split hooves, but those are the close. Now, in the Camel, the Hare, and the Hyrax, which is a book that was put in Cherem by Rabbi Natan Slifkin, he brings a paper written by D. Davis in 1940 called Notes on the Anatomy of the Babirusa published by the Field Museum of Natural History. Field Museum. I'm a current member of the Field Museum and Natural History. I actually got a tour of the place downstairs. It's a crazy place, the craziest. Pigs normally eat anything. They, only, they eat almost anything. Babirusas only eat foliage. Like, a pig will eat animals, they'll eat food, they'll eat anything, bugs, whatever you put in front of them, right? You put that slop in front of them, they'll be okay with it. Babrusas almost always eat foliage, which means it needs a ruminant stomach in order to knock it down and to get rid of the cellulose, which is common in any type of foliage, any of that stuff out there. And it's crazy, according to the Museum of Natural History, a field museum here in Chicago, its stomach seems to have multiple parts to its stomach. Meaning it looks like, in theory, it could chew its cud. So what they saw was, and what they made a paper on, is that it looks like it is a kosher pig. Because when you look at the stomach and you look at the stomach area, it doesn't look like the stomach of normal animals. It looks like a stomach of, not a sheep exactly, but close to it with different areas and whatever. It's not a cow with the four, the omassum and whatever it is, but it looks really, really close to it. Which means, in theory, these pigs could start chewing their cud. At any time. They just don't because they're pigs. Peccaries are even closer than babirusas are. Peccaries have 
four stomachs, four parts of their stomach, according to some scientists. And I'm going to say there's somebody who's going to call me up and be like, I thought, and I have no idea. I, I, I don't know. This is the best that I can do. The peccaries have four stomachs over there, which means they could be even more similar to a sheep or a goat, which means they have the ability to chew their cud and they just haven't yet. But what does it mean? As long as it doesn't chew its cud, then you're right. The wild boars and, I don't know, wild river hogs, red river hogs, and all those little guys and the big pink guys that everybody sees out there, right, that, that those are problematic. They will never chew their cud and they won't, they won't be kosher. But if a pig, in which there's many different types, starts chewing its cud, like the babirusa or the peccary, if it does so, then it will become kosher. That is the most amazing thing in the world. Could that be something we're looking forward to? That we're actually going to have bacon strips and not the fake and bacon that we get everywhere? Right? It's, a lot of Jews who are praying for it. Who are praying for it? Oh, yeah. Right? I don't know if I'm praying for it, but whatever it is. say that God made a mistake on bacon. Yeah, those people are what we call apikorsim. We love those people. We tell them they're going to get them, right? Those are the guys out there, right? That's that. But that is an amazing thing that's out there, and it would be amazing. By the way, the bottom one, the bottom one that's separate from everything else, that's the collared peccary. I have that down there. So that's the idea behind it. That's the little pig-like creature that you can find that possibly is the one that we're going to talk about, that in South America, they're going to have a bunch of kosher pigs, and we're going to be like, yes, I knew it, and you will have your bacon, and those people will say that God didn't make a mistake. Now, the basayin, the Basayin, who's a Hasidic rabbi, says this refers to people, not referring to pigs, refers to people who show others what they're really like, right? On the outside, they fake it, and on the inside, right, there's something else entirely, right? On the outside, they say like, oh, you look, it's so nice to see you, it's great to see you. On the inside, they're like, I hate this guy, I can't stand this guy, I don't want to be near this guy whatsoever. What do you guys do when you see me, right? He says, that is Ma'akev the Geula. When people fake it and pretend like they're friends with somebody, but on the inside really hate that person, Mashiach will not come until the pig is martyred, until people are willing to work on their inside, work on their hatred for that person, so that their insides match the outsides. Note that I didn't say the outside matches the inside, but rather the outside, the inside matches the outside, and they start liking people. When they deal with that mida of emes, then you will bring about Mashiach. And that, he says, is the remes of the pig. Yes, Shlomo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's the motto for certain yeshivas, right? Faking until you make it. So yeah, 100%. There is a concept that is out there and that does work by certain places. The concept is there. However, the Mida of Emes is what brings about Mashiach. If a person needs that, then they're not yet ready for that Mida that brings about Mashiach. And number two? Okay, yeah, go ahead. Nacht. Is that MS or no? What do you mean? Are you being MSTIC or no? I'm being MSTIC by saying, oh, hey, how are you? But, like, I don't, like, care about it at all. <laughs> so you're saying that every single person when they say the words, how are you, have to actually care about the words, how are you, when they say it? I don't know if that's totally necessary. But no, it should not make a difference between a Jew and a guy. When it comes down to this, it shouldn't make a difference when it comes out. Now, in Munasi Techa, Rav Wolfson says that Elio Anavi was able to eat animals that were slaughtered by Achav's Shochtim, even though Achav was technically not from, he was an Oved Avodah because he was living in an Olam Hatikun, in a world where there is no Tumah. 
Now, there is an answer in the Gemara that Ovadia was the Shochet, and therefore Ovadia was a tremendous Talmud Chacham, and that's why Elio and Avi was able to eat from the food from Achav. But others say, this Rev. Wolfson is saying, the reason why is because Tuma didn't apply to a person like Elio and Avi. He was living in a world, even though he was here, he was in a world where there was no Tuma. There were no Klipos, no Tuma, nothing like and they were gone completely. He says, this Parsha, therefore, is written by the Parsha of Nadir and Aviyu. Nadir and Aviyu died. Had they not di- died, had they not sinned, they would have brought about the Olamatikun, which means pigs never would have been usher. So the whole reason why these animals are usher is because the Olamatikun is not here. Once we bring about the Olamatikun, he says there's a possibility that everything will be kosher. Now that's going against everybody. That's going against the Chassam Sofer and everybody that we said before, because they're saying the pigs have to change. He's going with Pashapshat in the Medrash Rabbah that Hashem Matir Asuri means every animal will be muttered to us lost level, because in an Olamatikun, even lions are able to be eaten. That's the possibility, which is a crazy idea, but that's the idea that Ramunasi Tachla is going with. He goes on, there's a long, long piece over there, and he goes through, it, it, but they, he says, we don't understand how it's going to happen, but that's the idea of what Hashem Matir Asurim is going to be. Yeah. Is there a sore that, that the Shvatim or the Avos ate? ate no, 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 no. It would be by Noach, B'nai Noach. B'nai Noach will never Asur. The only time it was Asur is after, you know, Matan Torah. So we have no Makor. I'm saying, so B'nai Noach would include Shishin. Yeah, probably. But Avram, you remember, kept the entire Torah, even Erev Tavshilin, Sigmar, and Erevin. Right? So, Mem Gimel, I think. So, either way, so no, we wouldn't have to worry about that because the Avos would have kept everything. Yeah. According to your, your, your thing about Eliyahu, so that was my question originally, which is if, when we talk about like Mashiach, we're talking about a more Kurdish type of environment. Right? Yeah. Like, so, when we talk about Olam Haba, we don't talk about all the things that, let's say, the other Umus Olam talk about in terms of what they're getting there. Okay, dude, quick. Physical. Quick. You're taking like 20 minutes. No, so I'm saying is why are we, why are we even talking about changing something physical if we're on a more Kodesh level, like it doesn't even make sense. You're dealing with two totally different things. You're dealing with the world after Mashiach, right? And you're dealing with Olam Haba. Don't worry about it. Let's just, we'll well, rum, we're not ramchaling it up over here, okay? So we'll go with, okay, we're going with Mashiach. He wants Mashiach. Okay, the Penine Kedem brings Rabbi Yamin Zev Wolf, who says this could refer to a Shibuta fish. Now, what's a Shibuta fish? Chulin Kuftasim Abay said that Yalta, the wife of Rabbi Nachman, said, I want to taste Chazir. I want to have chazer. She said, "Batzvachal of chazer, etc." The Gemara says that the brain of the shibuta fish. I also saw that the psikta says uh, there's somewhere else that says that the tongue tastes like it. Oh, where is it? The Yalka Shimoni says the tongue, the brain, or the tongue of the shibuta fish tastes like pig, and therefore when we say that animal, that fish left Eretz Yisrael. La'asid lavo, the fish will return to Eretz Yisrael. So we'll have the taste of pig. It's not that the pig is going to return. It's the taste of pig will return. And to be technical, I think we already have that. Because we are able to artificially make the taste of pig and put it into it. I'm not talking about fake and bacon. I'm talking about the stuff that they're making in labs now, which they're able to do and have it taste like pig. So we have it technically. If anybody's had those bako chips, you know, that they put on top of salad, the bako's things, right? We have the taste. The taste is there and it's not actually us, sir. I mean, hopefully, right? So it's possible that that's what it's referring to over here. And that's what we're referring to. Not the chazir, but the chazir of the sea, the shibuta brain. That's going to come back to us in the future. The Ari and Ari, those two guys who work for Mishpacha magazine who go all over the place to taste different things, they said they traced it. They found the shibuta in Bavel, and they tasted it, they said, they don't know if it tastes like pig because they've never had pig before. <laughs> so maybe, maybe it is. It's something in Bavel they have. Anyway, the Medjagada and Yudal Vez and the Medjagada and Simcha said the entire fish tastes like pig. So maybe that's what it's referring to. It's referring to this itself. Now, 
the Kliyakar goes in a totally different direction. He goes with the Medrash Rabba that says that each one of these four animals, the camel, the Shafan, the Arneves, and the pig, all represent one of the four gullies that we've endured. The fourth one being Edom. The pig represents Edom. We said that up above. Just like the pig shows its hooves and claims, I'm kosher. You don't have to worry about me. Sure, I can't chew my cud, but I'm kosher altogether. Edom does the exact same thing. They claim they're doing the right thing when they steal Jewish money and when they kill them, claiming the Jews did something to them. But they're lying. And on the inside, they know they're not doing anything there. That's the idea. The pig represents Edom and how they act toward us. The Rabbin Bachai says that's why in Parshas were A, the pig is a separate posse from the other three because the first three gullies were very similar. Gullus Bavel, Gullus Parsimaldai, Gullus Yavan are all similar to each other and they all ended rather quickly. Par- Gullus Edom is very, very different. Gullus Edom is a long, enduring Gullus. So we've been here for almost 1,800 years, maybe longer, right, depending on how you count, from the times of the second base of Mikdash. And therefore, because of that, right, it's in a separate Pasuk altar, says Rabbi Nebuchadnezzar, because it's so much worse. The Rokach and the Moshe of Zikanim point out that the word Ve'es HaChazir is the Gematria of 637, which is the Gematria of Seir Ve'edom. Seir Ve'edom, it's exact. He says the pig... There's a bunch over here. The pig has no problem eating soas adam, meaning it practices something called capography and will eat the, the soa, the excrement of human beings. It's filled with filth and disgusting things. That's what the other, that's what this nation represents. There will be hoser the money that they stole from us in the times of Mashiach. They will return the crown to us and allow us to rule the world in the future. Meaning Edom, whoever Edom is, will tell the Jews they have permission to run the world on their own. They have twisty tails that represents the orla that Asaph pulled out so he would not be like Yaakov Avinu. It has horrible skin diseases, pigs, and that's what will happen to Edom at the end of time as well, as apparently they'll be punished with terrible skin diseases. The Gemara and Shabbos, Kupnun Hayamabe, says that no one is wealthier than a pig because the pig can eat absolutely anything. That can certainly happen to Edom, and that can apply to Edom because Edom is the wealthiest of all nations. Lo Yigor means there will be no more gullus after this time. So it's not that the Chazir is going to come back, the pig is going to come back, but rather Edom is going to come back. The Chassam Sofer adds on over here that the Gemara and Psachim Kufir Chasmavei says that Edom will take our bribes and still kill us. And therefore, that's what it means by Gerilo Yigor. They swallow what we give them and do not quaff it back up. They'll just take it in, the bribes, and just keep it and then show their hooves as if they did a good thing. Yeah. Different story. Totally different story. The snake is compared, but that's more to the Yetzir Haru, which is the Malach of Edom, as opposed to Edom themselves. But a totally different issue, but a good issue. The Rabbeinu Bechai, the Ritvan, Kedushin, Men, Tesem, and the Rishonim all say, this is what the Medrash means when it says the pig will return to us. When, if there is such a Medrash, that it refers to It doesn't mean we're going to eat pig. It means that Edom is going to refer to us. But as I said before, it's clear as day that is not what the Chassam Sofer, what the Ramami Pano, and what the Orachim Akadosh say. The Radvaz and his Shuvah, Schelech Beis, Tav Tav at first says the exact same thing that certain fatty foods will become mutter to us in the future, but not the actual pig. And then he says, there's a malach by the name of, I don't know if I'm allowed to say the whole name, Chazar Yud Aleph Lamed. Chazar, as in Chazir, Yud Aleph Lamed, who accuses Bnei Yisrael for doing bad things. In the end, he will become our defendant. So that pig malach will be our, he will start de- defending us, I guess, in the future. Now, the Rambam in Moenibuchim Chelegimel, Perak Memchas says that the pig is a disgusting creature that no one wants to see because it's wallowing in filth. And the Torah is mocked that we should be as clean as possible so we should stay away from animals that are completely filthy like the pig. And that's why we can't raise pigs in Eretz Yisrael, possibly why we're not allowed to eat them as well. So the Rambam suggests that that's the reason why we're not allowed to eat pigs. They're filled with skin diseases. And the Ramban in Pasuk Gimel says drinking the milk of a pig will give you tsaras. 
I don't know. I've never had it. So I don't know. But drinking the milk of a pig will give you tzuras. The Akeda says in Shar Samach that eating pig destroys your koach hasechel and will give you a desire for all physical things. Yeshaya Samach Vav compares pigs to shkotsim, big bugs, and rats. Yushami Brachos Bey's Gimel says a pig is considered like a walking toilet. And that's why it is always usher to make brachos in front of a pig. And that's why it's called Dover Acher. A pig is always called Dover Acher. We don't want to even talk about it. You can't even walk in between two pigs in the Gemara. Psachim, Kufiyad, Aleph, and Aleph. You can't walk in between two pigs. Can't do that. On the other hand, it also says over there, you're not allowed to walk in between two women. I don't think they're comparable <laughs> to one another, but you're not supposed to do that. Now, however, the Torah Shlema says eating them apparently does not damage a person as much as other Dvarim Tameim do, since their nature is very similar to a human being's. In fact, we all know that the insides of the pigs are the most similar to a human being. When we use valves, we use pig valves for a heart valve for a human being. Right, it's unbelievable. It's absolutely unbelievable. Not monkeys, not apes, even though we're the closest related to them. Pigs are the closest related to human beings. If that doesn't throw off the theory of evolution, I'm not sure what does. Because that's really, really clear that pigs are closer related to us than apes. Okay, whatever. I'm, I'm not going to deal with that right now. I have a whole piece on this, which is super cool, about the 99.8% DNA matches between us and gorillas, which is total bupkis. Regardless, the Shilas Yaivitz in Chelek Aleph Simen Mem Aleph talks about human flesh, that human flesh probably tastes like pig flesh. Probably. Now, I don't know, because once again, we have not done either, and we're okay with that, right? But it's possible that's what it refers to. Their flesh is eaten by many other nations, says the Torah Shlema, and it does not seem to cause people much harm. Now, there is you know, one type of a, a tapeworm that exists in pig meat that is not cooked very well, right? That tapeworm can go inside the stomach and really, really destroy your insides, right? They have to pull it out. It's a long story. There's a famous story about a Jew who had that happen. You know that story? No, it was a was yeah, it was a Jew. Oh, yeah. No, the Jew, I didn't want to say that, but the Jew um, had, eaten, had eaten pig that was really well, and he went to a doctor in India, and the Indian doctor says, I see what it is through x-ray, but I don't know how you got it. He said, what do you mean? He said, well, it only comes from eating pig, right, that wasn't cooked well, and you Jews can't eat pig. And the guy's like, uh, right. <laughs> that was it. it, was a, it, it that's what it ends up coming from. But otherwise, it's now out there. So it truly is a chok that we don't understand. It's just a law that we don't understand. The Yaros Devash and Chelepe Samachal says, this is why the Umos Olam state of an Yisrael you don't eat pig. They don't ask about any other non-kosher food. They ask about pig because pig is, tastes so good and it doesn't hurt you. So why shouldn't it be eaten by Jews? They ask about that more than they do anything else. They know that other Dvarim Tameim can hurt you, but this doesn't, so why don't you eat it? There's a Ben Yishchai in Yuma Samach Zayin. It's amazing about this. It's a crazy thing. So says the Torah Shlema, it's a chok. It's a chok. That's all we can say about it. The Otzer Plos Torah, which brings up a lot of this stuff. He asks why the pig is called Dvarachar, and he talks about it quite a bit over there, but that's something you can look up. I think he has seven different reasons why it's called Dvarachar. Now, the Rabbeinu Bechaya shockingly brings that the Chazir in this Pasuk includes a kelev because he says a dog also has split hooves and doesn't chew its cud. This is what he says. They have split hooves and they don't chew their cud. And he's, the Pasuk Yeshaya compares the pigs to dogs over there in Perak Samachvav. But the problem is in Perak Samachvav, it also includes Shkatsim and Ramashim in the same Pasuk. But apparently it compares both of them over there. Now, the Olo Safrayim points out that this is clearly against the Brisa in Chulin Nun Tesem which says straight out there is one creature that has split hooves and yet is Tameh. 
only the pig. And if you tell me what about the peccaries, the nine different types or the 18 different species, I'll tell you, yeah, they're all pigs. Don't tell me that a peccary is not a pig. Oh, but they have different types of back and their spine is a little different. Okay, shush. They're all pigs and they're all included in the word chazir. But a dog does not fit that category. And the Gemara Kulin says straight out there is only one animal that chews its cud and doesn't have split hooves. How in the world can the Rabbeinu Bachaya go against the Gemara? Aside from that, it doesn't seem like a dog has split hooves. Anybody who's ever seen a dog before will probably tell me, that's not a split hoof. If that's a split hoof, then we have quite a few animals that probably have split hooves. What in the world makes a dog have split feet? And their feet are extremely similar to a rabbit or a hare. So if you're saying that a dog has split hooves, well, a rabbit or a hare, which might not chew its cud, but the Pusik seems to say it chews its cud, will also have split hooves. So why are we not eating coney? They're supposed to be really good. We should go ahead and have that. What's, what's going on with this? The Shari Aron brings a redak in Shoroshim by Paras that says a dog as well as a camel, bear, and, co- and cat. I wrote car. Cars don't have split hooves. I promise that. The cat. Okay, so that's my second mistake today. They have parsa, but not shesa, which is a big mock locus altogether, and it's not for us to go through right now, but it's a huge stretch. What in the world? So as Nain Latora says, he looks at this, he says, there's no way this came out of the mouth of the Ravina Baha'i. No way. It must have been a Talmud that made a mistake and added it on. There's no way the Rabbeinu Bechayah said dog. And if he said dog, he should have mentioned the other things that are mentioned by the Radak, a camel, a bear, and a cat, right? All those, or a car. He should have mentioned all of those, right? And he should have added those on. The fact that he only mentions a dog together with a pig shows there's a mistake here. And I can't answer it. I have absolutely no idea. I tried looking high and low for an answer to this Rabbeinu Bechayah, and I couldn't find anybody that speaks about something this Rabbeinu Bechayah. Why in the world he's adding on the Kelly? Everybody asks the question. They bring up the Olos Ephraim, but nobody has an answer for it whatsoever. A bunch of different things. The Rabbeinu Ephraim, the Chidah brings as well, says the pig, pig is put next to the kosher fish to tell you that there is a pig of the sea that is kosher. And that's the Shibuta fish. The Shibuta fish is the pig of the sea. Why it's called the pig of the sea, I have absolutely no idea. Look in Gemara, Vodazar, Lama Testament Aleph, which is pretty amazing. The Shach, the Tsiuni, in the Yalkaruvanian number 111 says, if someone is a murderer, if you've murdered people in your lifetime, I don't want you to admit to it over here, but if you have, your punishment will be to come back as a pig. Since the murderer has dug into the ground to bury the dead that he has killed, and so too the pig spends its time digging in the ground and never lifts its neck up to Shemayim. As the Yavit says in a sitter, the pig is the only animal that cannot lift its head up to the heavens. It has no ability to. Is that crazy? You think about it, it's 100% true. Pigs always have their head down like that, and they can't go up. The Medrash Lekachtov even says that a pig has no neck. Now, it technically does have neck bones, but they don't have a real neck, which means if it wants to see something, it has to turn itself around. A chazir is that it's chozer in order to go see one thing to the other. That's the cutest board ever. That's the Medrash Lech Achtov. It is unbelievable to be able to say that. Unlike any other animal, they have the ability, but the Ivet says it can't look up. The Megalia Mukos and Vaschanen Simen Kufmem Zion says the only way to kill a pig or, I mean, obviously you can check it, you can kill it, right? But one way to kill a pig, pig is to blind it. 
He says, the power of the pig is in the eyes. And the Megala is obviously referring to Edom, that the power of the pig, the power of Edom, is in their eyes. The Malach Amavis is all eyes. The Gemara says in Avodah Zarah Chafam It's connected to the Malach of Esav, who's connected to the Chazir. That's why Ichar Semena Chazir Miyoar, that famous passage that refers to Edom being the pig of the forest. The Ayin is up in the air. It's the reason why in Remeir is supposed to be with an Ayin instead of an Aleph. It's a long story. He came to Kalal Yisrael to turn into an Aleph and Instead, that's that. I'm going to end with one quick story. One time, um, some Talmud were speaking with the Nitziv about a professor, Daniel Shavelson. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it correctly, but something around there, who became Christian to keep his post in a university, but he continued learning Torah his entire life, and he was writing chidushim and writing things to different rabbis, and rabbis were writing back and forth with him like he was a well-known guy that everybody knew about. So they asked him how this could be. How could this guy, right, be a Christian and yet continue learning Torah on a high level like he was? So he said an unbelievable mashal. He said a mashal. A very wealthy woman became very sick. She was told by doctors that in order to become better, she had to eat pig. That's the only way that she's going to be okay. If she eats pig, then she's going to be okay. So until she eats chazer, she's not going to be okay. She's like, no, I will never do it. I won't do it. I won't do it. The doctor said, but it's the only way. You won't get better. So she found a second opinion, third opinion. They're all like, you got to eat chazer. If you don't eat chazer, you're not going to become better. She's so upset. So she went to a rub to ask a Shiloh. The Rav said, Paskin correctly, that if the only way you're going to become better is pig, then you have to eat pig in order to become better. That is Dalacha. You're supposed to do it if that's that. So you have to go ahead and do it. Right? So she said, okay. Right? She did it. But she said to the rabbi, fine. But if I'm going to eat pig, I want it to be shechted. I want it to be shechted and I want the pig to be done with all the normal things. So the rabbi like laughed a little bit. He's like, all right. So they find a shochet. The shochet shechts the pig, you know, regular pig. I don't know where they did it because there's no neck, but like, you know, <laughs> somewhere around the neck area, right? Shechts the pig. And afterwards she says, I want you to check for trephus. So she looks around, the shochet looks around, finds the lung, and he finds a shila in the lung. There's a shila. So what do you do if you have a shila? You have to bring it to the rub. So he goes to the rub and he says, I have a shila on the lung of the pig that you had me shecht. So the rub's like, rub looks at it. And he didn't know what to say. He said, Rabbi, is it kosher? Is it not? He's like, I don't know what to do. If it's a cow, I would say it's kosher. But how could I poskin that a pig is kosher? I can't. It's got a problem. Obviously, it's got a problem. So too with this guy, said the Nitziv. This guy. He learned a lot of Torah. It's hard for me to say that he's kosher. It's hard for me to say that he's a kosher guy. And that his Torah is kosher stuff. It's hard for me to say such a thing. That's that. The Moscow, of Moscow once approached the base of Levia, the of Brisk, and he told him he was so far gone there was not a single Avera he hadn't done, including eating Chazer. So the base of Levi told him he's greater than the Rambam. Because Rambam says, I don't understand why we ask for pig. <laughs> but you understand the Tom of pig. Do you get it? Because Tom means reason, but Tom also means taste. Oh, that was really good, right? And only with this, Rechaim Briscoe was asked if they could go to a Sudas Mitzvah of a well-known gown if they couldn't refuse. They couldn't refuse. They didn't know. Should we go? Should we not go? They couldn't go. So he called them in. And he told them, he said to him, he asked him a question. He said, is there anything that you would do in order to steal? Like, would you, would you steal? He said, yeah. Would you break Shabbos in order to steal? Yeah. Yeah, of course we would. Would you steal from a guy, a Jew? Goy, Jew, uh, what difference does it make? Would you steal pig? Yeah. Would you eat pig? Oh, no. No. You wouldn't eat pig? No, chas v'shalom. How could I possibly eat pig? He'd be machal Shabbos. He'd steal from a Jew. He'd take all that. He would even take the pig. But eating it, chas v'shalom. What would you do with it? I'd sell it to another person. <laughs> so Rechaim Brisker said, you can eat it his house. You can trust his kasha. <laughs> Is that unbelievable? Right? I don't know if that's actually halacha. I would not pause in that way. <laughs> but either way, what an unbelievable story. All right, we'll stop with that, guys. Have a great Shabbos.